plenty to discuss on today's podcast as we welcome you into episode number five of the Diamond Discussions podcast. Ethan Carter alongside John Carter here with you uh, as per usual. And as mentioned on Twitter, if you don't follow us, you might want to get connected with the community at Podcast Diamond on the Twitter. Um, a lot of updates there. That's where we post the links when the podcast goes live to all the various platforms such as Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. Uh, we plan on having some guest appearances throughout the offseason. That's the time when you want to get the guests in uh, during the season. Or during the offseason. <laughs> but um, a lot of topics of discussion. Action-packed show. Probably our biggest uh, topic-filled podcast we've done. Let's get into the news. The new A's ballpark could go down in 2023. It appears uh, at the Howard Terminal. I'm not sure where that's located, but... They did post some pictures on Twitter of uh, potential plans uh, for that stadium. It should be pretty cool what they do with that. Uh, Ronald Torres heading to the Cubs in a deal uh, between the Yankees and the Cubs. The MLB partnered with MGM, a gambling uh, deal. What are you doing? Uh, Chisenhall to the Pirates, Chavez to the Rangers, and more to the Tigers all happened um, th- throughout this week, basically. But uh, that's all for the news. Now it's time to get into the beautiful thing that we call contracts for semi-large free agents. And that is Josh Donaldson, probably the best third baseman on the market. He's headed to Atlanta on a one-year $23 million deal. The Cardinals also made a quote-unquote competitive competitive offer for him. Excuse me. Your thoughts on Donaldson's fit in uh, Atlanta? Yeah, I think it's a good fit. Uh, of course, they needed a third baseman, uh, first and foremost, and somebody to bat behind Freddie Freeman because they you know, didn't really have a consistent cleanup hitter. But uh, he's, he's got some, some ties to is it the front office guy who was with the Blue Jays, you know, and I think he's from the South. So that should be a pretty good fit to a contending ball club. Speaking of contending ball clubs, Brian McCann jumps from Houston, the 2017 World Series champs, back to Atlanta, where he spent most of the years of his career. That was something on your laptop, clearly, folks. Um, he signs a one-year, $2 million deal with the Braves, and he's headed back to Atlanta. Like I just said, your noise messed me up. But um, you think he's going to platoon, start? What could we see with uh, Brian McCann? Yeah, I think he's going to platoon. Uh Good veteran presence, as is Donaldson, because there's a lot of young guys in the uh, on the Brewers team and in the farm system. The Brewers team and the Braves. The Braves, sorry. Uh, he's going to platoon probably, you know, uh, good lefty-righty catcher combination. Tyler Flowers, he's, he's solid. You know, he's not like a overwhelming, overwhelmingly solid catcher. But, uh, yeah, a lot of good young arms coming up within the next few years. I don't know how many – a one-year deal – so he, he could be back, you know, next season as well, 2020. If he decides to play. But, uh, yeah, it's a uh, solid move. And with this, I mean, they're signing two guys to one-year deals. Uh, they still have money to do some things. So we'll see what the Braves end up doing over the course of the next few weeks. Let's move right along here. Patrick Corbin uh, met with the Phillies, Yankees, and Nationals. Both Philadelphia and New York are presumed to be the highest bidders for him. I predicted 
during our free agent predictions that Corbin would end up in New York. It appeared that way, but the Paxton trade kind of shifts this a little bit. I think the Phillies, what I, 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 what I saw a lot of people projecting the Phillies do is you sign Patrick Corbin, then you try to get either Harper or Machado, which a lot of people think that that's going to happen, and then you bring in possibly another starter around those guys, uh, pitcher or bullpen arm or closer. Could be something they could be interested in, so maybe Miller or Kimbrell. But like the Phillies said, they have a lot of money, and they might be uh, a little bit, quote-unquote, stupid with it. So what do you, where do you think Corbin eventually ends up? Because I'm still saying the Yankees, but uh, I think the Phillies could be big-time players for him. I mean, yeah, I do think that the Yankees would outbid the Phillies. Maybe, you know, if, if they, the Phillies really want to go after Machado or Harper. But uh, the, uh, the Phillies... I mean, they got Nola as an ace. They still have Arietta. They've got uh, Pavetta. You know, some younger guys. They they still need a an arm to try to bolster that rotation. Uh, definitely a lefty, but uh, I, I still think he probably ends up with the Yankees. But who knows? Uh, we've been wrong before. <laughs> well, I would assume that the asking price of the Indian starting pitchers would be really high, and I'd, I'd imagine they prefer to trade one of their guys to the NL rather than the Yankees. But um, anyway, I think Corbin definitely, I think he ends up in New York. We'll see what happens, though. Uh, moving right along, Seager and Fowler, Kyle Seager, Dexter Fowler. Um, I saw an article from Mark Feinsand, MLB.com. He said that potentially we could see something that could be the, along the lines of a Fowler- Seager swap because the Cardinals would move the salary of Dexter Fowler, get rid of him, change of scenery could probably work better for him. Uh, you bring in Seager for a year or two as a corner infielder that you're needing for probably, a, well, it's a lower price than what you'd be paying for Goldschmidt, and then you really make a run at Harper. That would set that up perfectly. Um, I don't think I see it happening. I don't know if I'd want it to happen. The only reason I'd want it to happen is because you're moving Dexter Fowler's contract so you can make a run at Bryce Harper, and then you're probably going to lose Marcelo Zuna after 2019. You shift Tyler O'Neill over to left field, so you have O'Neill, Baders, Harper, one of the most elite outfields that would be in the majors. But what do you think about this whole uh, idea of a Seager-Fowler swap for Seattle-St. Louis? Well, it would fit two needs for the Cardinals. Uh, lefty, lefty bat, third base. Um, I mean, it would give more depth to the Mariners. I mean, if it happens, it happens, you know. I mean, it would work out for the Cardinals, so it, to speak. It would work out in them wanting to make a run at Harper. Yes. Certainly. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into the poll questions. This is the time of the show. We, I kind of forgot to post them last week, so I just posted two, and I didn't get very many votes. But number one, uh, who would who would you rather see your – Y-O-U-R in capital letters, your team sign. Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? 100% of the votes said Bryce Harper. What do you think? I mean, it depends on who your team is, but we're Cardinal fans. I think we'd rather see well, Harper. I mean, Bryce Harper brings that level of excitement, uh, power, you know. Uh, he's got a Big personality, but also so does Manny Machado. And I think that some people, I don't know if it's because, you know, of his attitude and his comments or the way he was in the playoffs. 
with the whole trying to step on Aguilar and Pierce's foot. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I still think I, I, how many votes were there? Three. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't vote. It would probably be more even if he had a bigger sample size. Well, this next one had two votes. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I, I personally would rather have Harper just for the Cardinals, lefty bat, power bat, you know. Okay, uh, <laughs> the next question, poll question number two, by the way. Um, this is the second poll question and final poll question of the episode. Which team do you think has the best offseason? Yankees, Dodgers, Phillies, or other? Comment. No one commented other. One person voted Dodgers. One person voted Phillies. I voted Phillies, by the way. <laughs> so I was trying to get the ball rolling. I think the Yankees, they usually end up having like the best off seasons. But the Phillies, you know, with the money and what they... Did you vote Dodgers? <laughs> that would be great. No, I, I forgot to look. <laughs> but I'd probably vote Yankees. But the Phillies, they could, they could uh, come in and... Well, speculation. Steal the goods or steal the treasure. Early, early rumors and speculation say the Phillies and the Yankees are just going to really go wild. But uh, we'll see uh, what happens. Wild with their money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, as we, excuse me, as we move right along to more rumors and speculation, so to speak. Reports come out that the Indians would preferably. Yeah, you know that. Uh, thank you. The <laughs> Indians would prefer to trade Trevor Bauer over guys like Kluber and Carrasco. I don't think they would be able to move uh, Kluber as easily as people think because the asking price was probably super high. That's why you know not not that many people. See, I, I haven't really issues. looked into this much, but it kind of confuses me. I understand that Kluber is a little older; he's thirty-two, right? Uh, why would they want to trade? Any of those guys are top starters, you know. One, two, three, right on the line. But why the Indians have been competitive? I don't know why that's they would. not enough. Why settle for being competitive when you have Houston, uh, New York? What would they try Boston to get around? another starter? I don't know their offseason plans. It doesn't compute. Okay. Why well, just say that being competitive is not? Doesn't make sense. Same way you feel about the Cardinals being, just being competitive. The Cardinal around Atlanta <laughs> and. Colorado, L.A., Chicago, Milwaukee. We'll see. Uh, Trevor Bauer's like 26, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, gonna, he would have a pretty big price tag, I think. I don't know if they're going to even be able to move him, but I'd imagine they'd move him to like Colorado or something if the Rockies want to pay for it. Somewhere in the NL is where I would presume. I mean, if Atlanta – or sorry, if Philly strikes out on uh, Corbin, maybe. I mean, they could give up maybe – J.P. Crawford, move him to Cleveland, then you bring in Machado at short. You could do something like that, but uh, we'll see. And um, moving in to another starting pitcher who could be on the market is Madison Bumgarner. Remember, uh, the Giants hired Farhan Zaidi from the Dodgers, the president of baseball operations. He could have a different plan in place. A lot of people speculated that the Giants would want to go out and spend money on Bryce Harper. I don't think that's uh, industry speculation at this moment. Instead, they could be selling uh, one of their top starters. And people forget, Bumgarner's, what, 27, 28 years old? So, um, Is he still that young? Yeah, he's not very old at all. He's accomplished a lot. That's why people don't really understand that. He's owed $12 million next season, and then he's a free agent after that. So 
will be his sixth year. He's probably 27, 28. He'll probably be 28 when he hits free agency. But um, potential fits for Bumgarner. What do you What do you see? I mean, he could probably fit on about any team. Left hander. I think the Yankees track record. Yeah. Oh, the Yankees. I mean, they. I mean, it's reversed. If the Yankees lose it on Corbin, you go for Bumgarner. I mean, I, I guess teams that need a starting pitcher right now, Brewers maybe, uh, Phillies, Yankees, yeah. The question for the Yankees is, though, they gave up Justice Sheffield. Would they be willing to move another big prospect for Bumgarner? Because that's what it would – I think it would require Clint Frazier. Well, and then after contract, uh, Bumgarner would probably want a lot – of money. I don't think the Yankees would sign or trade for him to plan on keeping him. I'm not sure. I mean, I, then, I, then comes the point, do you want to trade for Paxton and Bumgarner, and do you want to both have them hit free agency right after? So you kind of traded for I, I, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> I could see Bumgarner being traded like midseason to like the Yankees or a team that wants yeah, to push I think that's postseason. for a lot of guys. <clears throat> I could see yeah. that, you know. Because I mean, it, uh, working out a trade for Bumgarner that would probably that would take a quite a while. You I mean, know, he have to be have overwhelming much, for turn. It would, but though he doesn't have much uh, control, so to speak, I would still assume he's a much more movable piece than Zach Greinke is for Arizona. Yeah, because with, with that contract, much more willing to throw twelve million for Bumgarner for next year instead a lot of younger. thirty plus for Greinke, who's what 34, 35? So I, I just think that the Giants. If they're not going to move him now, I think you brought up a good point. Uh, bring him through the first half of the season. You know, bank on him staying healthy and having a good at first half. You get a nice return for him. The return might be a little less midseason, but, I mean, you get something for him because I don't know if he's going to want to re-sign with the Giants. I don't know the type of player he is. He might want to get another ring. So, who knows what happens. We'll see. We'll keep our eyes all over the uh, Bumgarner front. But uh, let's get some more updates on the Goldschmidt and Grinky front, so to speak, in Arizona. And I don't really, I don't completely understand why Arizona is selling, but I do understand it in the regard of you're probably not going to get AJ Pollock back. That's a big piece. So we'll see what they do. But um, apparently the Cardinals were throwing around the idea of trading for both of them. But then Zach Grinky, God knows why, is a 15 team uh, no trade clause. And the Cardinals were on that. I'd love to see who all is on that. But uh, if the Cardinals had a shot or could bring in both Goldschmidt and Grinke, what would your thoughts be? Because I would not like it. I'd rather just have Goldschmidt. I don't want Grinke anywhere near this ball club, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, he hasn't been. <clears throat> he started picking up last couple seasons. He had a couple of uh, rough years. Um, he's 34. What now? That big contract. I mean, I, I don't really. I wouldn't see the Cardinals even doing that. But if they would, or if they did, I don't think a lot of people would like that because that might hurt their off it's yeah. not like he is lights out like he once was. Not as consistent. But yeah, I would rather them just work out something for Goldschmidt. I don't think it's gonna happen to be honest. But we'll see. I mean, with with Matt Carpenter's versatility, though, you could. Even if it's not Goldschmidt, you could get uh, try and get a guy like Machado or Mustakas, or you know, you could go with shortstop third or first, and well, then 
people saying, you know, John Heyman said the Cardinals have Moustakas on their radar. And I follow a lot of Cardinal fans, obviously, and Cardinal writers and stuff. Everyone just went ballistic. I don't think that St. Louis wants that. But if you can get Moustakas after signing Harper, they'd love it. But um, it, it really that. feels like it's opening up to where the Cardinals should make a run at Harper because you lose out on Donaldson. There's speculation that you probably won't be able to pull off a Goldschmidt trade. Your fans absolutely do not want Mike Moustakas as your big bat of the offseason. <coughs> if you're Moselock and Gersh, you have to there, make a run. Yeah, there was news that the talks were intensifying between Arizona and St. Louis. Um, yeah, I mean, Arizona, it seemed like they, they, they were in first place for a little while. It seemed like they were uh, heating up and things were – you know, things are working out. They wanted to get up and do a little dance or something like that. And now it seems like they need to rebuild. So I, I think he gets moved, though. And possibly Grinky gets shipped off to another team. Moves from salary. I just don't know who's going to want to take on the Grinky. If the Yankees, if worse comes to worse for the Yankees, I guess if they get, lose get out rid of everybody, they Sonny get Gray Grinky. and get Grinky. Yeah, move Gray to Arizona. That might actually work because he needs to. I think they should try Fresh Gray start. Oakland. I think Oakland should try for Sunny Gray, but um, go back there anyway. Did you see the pictures of that stadium? I did. Yeah, because it, it looks it looks kind of open, kind of uh, Coors or uh, Anaheim, you know, Angel Stadium esque. Uh, Better it, one they got now. It looks like. I mean, Oakland. I think they they deserve a nice stadium. They're gonna lose the Raiders. I mean, they suck, but yeah. Uh, I mean, they they are they're gonna be good for a few years, you know. Some young guys. Bring back Sonny Gray. Anyway, uh, moving right along here we go. We're like bring back Josh Donaldson, right? Not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, the Phillies lose out on Patrick Corbin. Could they trade for Madison Bumgarner? So my stance on this is that if whoever loses out on Corbin between the Phillies and the Yankees, if he goes to one of those teams, that other team could call the Giants and check in on Mad Bum's status. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, the Phillies definitely and Yankees definitely have like the the amount of prospects that they'd be willing to part with. Uh, but they both do have the money. So it does make sense that if one team gets Corbin and the other one loses out, that the team that loses out would want to try and trade for Bumgarner. So, I mean, it, it would make sense for both teams. You know, vice versa, if the Phillies get Corbin, then the Yankees could tr maybe try and work out a trade for Mad Bum. But, you know, there's there's some uh, continuity there. So, definitely intriguing. Yeah, you know, Corbin's going to be a big market mover. Because what? Cor Corbin's starting pitching. Corbin and Bumgarner are around the same age, right? I think Corbin's 27, 28. Corbin's 29. Okay, I think Mad Bum's younger. Bumgarner's 29. Really? <laughs> I I just looked it up. They're both 29. I don't believe that. I swear, like, two years ago, Bumgarner was, like, 25. I think you're mistaken. Uh, Corbin in July of next year will turn 30. And Bumgarner. There's no young pitching. August 1st. Of How old's Nathan Eovaldi? 
Evaldi's like 31 or something. 28. <laughs> He's 28. <laughs> That's the youngest. Like all the pitchers on the market are just so old. Well, it, for Evaldi, I mean, he was he was up and comer on the Rays, and then he got hurt, and then like he kind of, kind of forgot about him, and and then it seems like he's older, but. Didn't the Yankees trade him to Tampa or something? He was on the Yankees. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't even know what just happened. Anyway. But but I think that Ivaldi would make sense. I mean, he, he would make sense on, like, the Red Sox, he went from the Yankees. The Red Sox. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Someone in the comments, whatever. Uh, that was our next topic. Nathan Ivaldi to the Astros, question mark. Astros have reported interest in Nathan Eovaldi. I think that would make perfect sense. By the way, let, let's. Oh, he was he was drafted by the uh, Dodgers. It doesn't matter. And then he got traded to the Marlins, and he got traded to the Yankees, and he got traded to the Rays, and he got traded to the Red Sox. Told you. Okay. And the teams probably just weren't. They weren't Where's all. From? They weren't all. Uh, <clears throat> all about his uh, injury prone arm. But he did he did quite marvelous in the playoffs. He is from Houston. That was my point here with the Astros. I think this is a real possibility. Could be a homecoming, huh? And I think Eovaldi fits perfectly in the rotation if you don't plan on bringing back Morton or Well, Geico. McCullers is going to be out, right? That's what I was going to bring up. You stole it right out <laughs> of my mouth. He's got Verlander, um, Cole, Keiko if he signs. I don't think you bring back Keiko. I think you bring back uh, Morton and... Evaldi, I forgot his name. For well, and, and, well, the Astros could be another team that could be looking at lefty free agents do as well. Have, do they have three pitching spots open? Morton, Keuchel, and then now McCullers. I think they have three open for next year. Well, two if you count Morton. You know, Cole, Verlander, Morton. Well, Morton's a free agent. Well, I, I assume he'll get re-signed, but if, if just, not. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, so Verlander and Cole. back to the Phillies, you never know. Um, With Pirates. Here's my point. He's been a good fit in that. You uh, bring Houston. back Morton. <clears throat> you bring Eovaldi in. You try to bring back Keiko. If you can get Keiko for a reasonable price, which I think he would take, I also think the Yankees could be a player for Keiko potentially. Uh, we'll see. I mean, if he can get back to his Cy Young form. It doesn't even matter. you got to be decent. you got Verlander and Cole in front of you. You don't have to get back Let's to make it Cy even better. <laughs> they would have a really strong rotation with Verlander and Cole at the top. In the middle, you have Eovaldi, and then you have Keiko and Morton. At the bottom, I think Keigel's a, a three, a good three starter. But I would probably say Evaldi would be the three. Morton's a great guy to have at a four or a five. And then Verlander and Cole are bona fide aces. The rotation would be great. And I also think that if you're the um, if you're the Astros, why don't you go out really just go nuts with it and trade for Paul Goldschmidt? You're going to have – you know what? While you're at it, trade for JT Real Muto as well. The Astros, you have Real Muto behind the plate. You have – Goldschmidt at first, Altuve at second, Correa at short, Bregman at third. You got the best infield in the game, probably the best overall rotation. The Astros are winning the 2019 World Series, folks. Just so you know, what are your <laughs> thoughts on my Astros mega plan? You got Springer in the outfield too, by hey, Josh Reddick. Go ahead. Left field. You bring back Marwin Gonzalez as well. You probably won't happen, but you D- could DH Guriel. I heard Guriel or was going to take over the Gonzalez role because they don't plan on bringing oh. Marwin back, so he could play left probably. They've uh, bolstered their bullpen some, you know, Roberto Osuna. I mean, Hector on 
Rondon is just more of like a middle innings eater. But bring back Ken Giles, whatever that is, he's terrible. I mean, those those are some uh, some valid points. I don't think they'd be able to uh, swing trade it for Goldschmidt Real Muto if they don't want to move Forrest Whitley, who's like a big pitching prospect for them. They refuse to uh, Derek Fisher move him. What deal was that? Uh, what deal just happened that the Astros Tyler White? What? The deal that just happened that the Astros missed out on, the the Paxton. They didn't want to move Forrest Whitley. That's why they lost out on Paxton. So if they don't want to move him. They're not going to get Goldschmidt and Real Muto. But one can dream if you're an Astros fan, which I'm not. But I'm just saying. Um, moving right along to the New York Mets, we haven't talked about them on the podcast at all. I don't think uh, they're reportedly reportedly aggressive in pursuit of Robinson Cano, and. What I put on here is Dan O'Dowd's, quote, laughable <laughs> Mets-Mariners p- trade proposal. And I think if you're a Mariners fan, you're like, yeah, this is stupid. <laughs> but um, this is – the Mets get Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz, the best closer in baseball last year, mind you, and he's like under 25. Malik Smith, who's apparently in every single trade ever because he's been traded like 31 times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Then the Mariners get Dominic Smith, who was one of the big prospects for the Mets a few years ago. I believe he was in the same kind of time frame as Ahmed Rosario. Jay Bruce, who's still a pretty good major league player. Uh, you get Andres Jimenez. Jimenez. Try Jimenez. Jimenez. Why did I not think of that? He's the number one shortstop, or he's the number one Mets prospect. He's number seven at his position of rolling. He's number 55 in baseball, that's not a very good, that's not a great number one prospect. Then you get Justin Dunn, who's number 89 overall, and he's number four in the Mets system. You're telling me the only thing you're going to be able to swing is a top 55 and a top 89 prospect for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano? I mean, you're going to give up some value of what you're going to get back for Cano with his contract, but how, what goes through someone's head? I mean, okay. Let me say this. O'Dowd's a former GM. He knows his stuff. This is all obviously conjecture. It's not going to happen. I don't think there's a chance. But I'm not, a hot to, take. I'm not trying to kill him here. I'm not trying to rip him. But I'm just saying this is pretty bad stuff. And if you're the you're the Mariners, you respectfully hang up the phone, correct? Yeah. I mean, any, any kind of deal. I don't even know if you do it respectfully. I think you slam the phone. Go ahead. I mean, any kind of deal that has Edwin Diaz. I mean, you're, you're looking at like top player. Three like. Of, Three of your like best Ahmed players. Rosario is going to be in there. No. Ahmed Rosario would not be in there. He's not even a prospect anymore. The Mets, I hate to, you know, he wouldn't be in there. That's why it is. It wouldn't be realistic anyway. You, you're, moving, you're moving three of your best five. And in this case, they're moving two of their best five, which one of them is number four, and neither of them are even top 50 in – I don't think the Mets have a strong enough farm system to get Edwin Diaz. They could get Cano. I think that's realistic. I think they could end up with Cano by the next podcast we record. I mean, they're they're gonna have to do some make some moves. They got a new GM, right? He's a former agent turned GM. Degrom's agent, I think. <laughs> that's weird. He's not trading Degrom, but uh, they could be agent? trading Syndergaard. That was something we were gonna get to here momentarily. Let me see if. Grom's agent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not getting traded. Anyway, uh, Syndergaard rumors. 
The Brewers and the Rockies are p- reportedly interested. We talked about the Padres last week being interested in uh, Syndergaard. He would be a great fit there. I think he would fit great in Colorado. And uh, the Brewers, he would fit there as well. They both need starting pitching. The Reds are reportedly out of pursuit uh, for Syndergaard. I doubt they want to move their big, big pieces. I doubt they want to move Eugenio Suarez, those types of uh those types of players. So the Rockies and the Brewers in, Reds out, Padres still in as well for pursuit of Noah Syndergaard. Where do you think overall, if Syndergaard is moved, where do you think he ends up? Um, I mean, the Brewers would make the most sense, so to speak, I think. I disagree a little bit there. Uh, the but Rockies. Well, the, well, the Padres. that makes sense too. But the Rockies, they don't have a bad rotation. I mean, the Brewers, they they got some help from Wade Miley, you know, Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez, yeah. But they still need that number one guy. Like Jimmy Nelson was that. He was hurt last year. He'll be back. <clears throat> He'll be back, but who knows if he's going to be as good as he was. The Rockies need someone next to Kyle Freeland. That would be yeah. But they, they got and Marquez. They got, they got a number one and a close number two. And the Brewers have been kind of relying on different guys, you know, and uh, nothing really consistent in the rotation. Do the Brewers have enough to give up? I mean, th- that's that's where it kind of shifts. Rockies do. That's that's, that's kind of where it shifts to the uh, yeah Rockies or the Padres because of the uh, the amount of talent in their farm system that they could potentially part with. If the Rockies really want to go nuts with it, you move Brendan Rodgers, but I don't think that's going to happen because I mean he's a shortstop. You have Trevor Story there, but Story isn't particularly young for how long he's been in the league. He's been in the league, what, three years? He's like 28. So I don't, I don't think you move Brendan Rodgers in this case. I've got uh, – But you still have other prospects behind him. Is it Garrett Sampson? Hampson. Hampson? Sorry. I got him. <laughs> um, He's an infielder that you could pair with uh, Rosario in New York. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a lot of speculation, but uh, – I mean, the Mets, they do, they do need to obviously draft well, and if they want to kind of speed up their retooling or rebuild or whatever, they how need to get can, some return from a player. Can someone go back and watch every episode and tell me how many times he said retooling? <laughs> it's got to be like 15. Uh, anyway. Moving right along. Moving right along, <laughs> folks. Ranking the top potential destination for Machado and Harper. Get used to it, folks. We're going to talk about Machado and Harper every single podcast episode until they're signed and beyond. We'll probably talk about them a lot in the 2019 ones as well. But anyway, uh, we'll start out with Machado. My potential destinations in order for Machado are number one, the Philadelphia Phillies. Number two, the New York Yankees. Number three, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number four, the St. Louis Cardinals. Number five, the Chicago Cubs. Number six, the Chicago White Sox. I mean, I didn't really. I guess I kind of wrote mine down with like a uh, kind of an idea of who was the most like relevant, or it wasn't really an order, but that's how I had it. So, but yeah, of course, Phillies and Yankees. Uh, I mean, th- there's been talk about the Yankees not pursuing Machado or Harper, and there's been talks about like, oh. This makes so much sense. Why Bryce Harper needs to be in pin well, or why Machado needs to be on the Yankees. Okay, you really okay. <laughs> I read before we came on. It's just kid, half the stories are about the Yankees on these. Well, you know what? That they, they, they have a lot of money and they like to make rumors. And specifically, I'm calling you out, Yankee fans. 
The fan base loves to just, we are going to get everybody. We are interested in everybody, no matter whether we have a fit or not. And that's where Harper comes into play. Ken Rosendahl said the Yankees are, quote-unquote, lukewarm. Who the hell uses that word for one? On Harper because their only opening is first base. And if I'm Bryce Harper, I mean, do I really? I, I guess I'd love to go to the Yankees because they're good and they have a lot of money. But do I want to play first base? I mean, he might. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to know. Maybe he'll. Maybe we get him to reveal his decision on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. <laughs> that was okay. Uh, but anyway. Before we get way too far into Yankee ranting, uh, let's move over to Harper, shall we? But Harper, and, I mean, a lot of the similar teams with a couple maybe extra yeah. extras. All right, Harper, extra potential <laughs> destinations in order: Phillies and Yankees one and two again. Chicago Cubs three, Atlanta Braves four, St. Louis Cardinals five. Los or sorry, Los Angeles Dodgers five, St. Louis Cardinals six. Chicago White Sox, seven. You know, I don't believe that. I don't think that the Cubs or the Dodgers make more sense than the St. Louis Cardinals with. I, it's not that they make more sense. It's that we're, I think, like I said, Harper was going to St. Louis. I am very far away from that. Now. But do you think that the Dodgers are yes. going to offer that much money? with? Yes. They're close to the luxury tax. Yes. Doesn't matter. The Cubs have those big contracts. They're probably going to be close to the luxury tax it, if you know what, they offer. You know what you sound and like if, right now? You sound like you're really trying to convince yourself that he's not going to go to your two least favorite teams in the NL. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, they have a lot of their contracts are already set in stand, where <laughs> the Cardinals, they they have some set in stand, okay, but, but it's not like a lot of con, a lot of money, you okay, know. Okay, I'll raise you something here. Let's talk about the front offices. I'm pretty sure they take more chances than the Cardinals do, let's be honest. Well, maybe they need, they're thinking of something different. I mean, there's really no proof of anything, of anyone being interested in anybody except for the Phillies and the Yankees at this point. The entire offseason, I'll say this, probably about 88% of the um, eighty-eight percent of the stories of free agency have been Phillies or Yankees related. So, you know yeah. what? I don't really get that. <laughs> they just, the MLB Network re- Rewind or whatever said that the Cardinals are in talks with Mike Moustakis. <laughs> I'm never doing this podcast again if he goes to St. Louis. I'm just saying that right now for the record. But they probably wouldn't have to give him too much money, so that might open up stuff for Harper potentially. But they, right. if Mosaic doesn't bring in Harper, we're going to have some beef. Anyway. I mean, imagine Harper and Bader and O'Neal. Well, I guess Ozuna, Harper, Bader wearing those powder O'Neal? blue uniforms. Satin stain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last topic of the of the podcast. If you're listening, make sure before you hear this, you've enjoyed it a lot so far. So follow us at Podcast Diamond on Twitter. Follow me at EDCFilms99 on Twitter. And follow uh, Jay here, John. Follow him at the John Carter on Twitter. Uh, anyway, and make sure to like and subscribe on all the platforms that the podcast goes on. Anyway, last time. Right, have a good night, folks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. Which reliever do you believe gets the most money? Rank the top three relievers. From one, two, and three, the top one gets the most money, second gets the second most, third gets the third most. What do you got? Unless you want me to go first. (sighs) Thanks for yawning 25 times. I think that, uh, you know, I think that, uh, no, I think that, uh, 
Greg Kimbrell, I think it's the most. <laughs> I hope everyone can tell that he's completely unprepared for this. So, uh, I I would have I, I I would have to say that uh, Andrew Miller gets two. Yeah, I have Kimbrell, Miller, and Britton. Do you and need Britton a reference? Gets three. My God, that was just, you got worse and worse in like the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen we've seen the market for relievers go up since Chapman was a free agent. Well, well, just know that Kimbrel's agent is pushing that he's the best reliever of all time. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, there's more press tell me otherwise. And more things that go on coming into episode six. We might have a guest. You never know. We will announce it beforehand. So thank you everybody for tuning into episode five, and we will see you all next week for episode six. Make sure to like and subscribe to all the platforms. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and we. Okay.